episode 104 of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. If you can't tell the difference between a taser and a gun, you probably shouldn't have a taser or a gun. Let's start the show. We are now the defenders of the stronghold of democracy and of equal opportunity. All right, tried something a little different with the intro. Got some advice from a friend who is usually right about these kind of things. So I, uh, I'm giving it a try. You uh, tweet at me, at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. Or go to ChristopherHahn.com and tell me what you think of this. If you want me to bring the old intro back, I will. But frankly, you could just listen to any one of the other 103 episodes of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast for that. Maybe we'll just uh, create a new intro and get some new sound at some point soon. So watching the situation over the weekend, first we see video that goes viral of a, a soldier in uniform being completely berated by police after a traffic stop for not having a tag when he did have a tag on his car, a license, uh, license plate. It was a new car, and in Virginia, I guess they give you temporary pla- tags which you put in your window because they're paper. Cops pulled him over even after assumingly seeing that these tags were taped to his window, still decided to harass him, seeing that he's a soldier. Uh, it was horrible to watch. I, I had a hard time watching it. Um, I'm sure you did too. But worse was the video that started circulating Monday of a police officer in Minnesota, not far from where George Floyd was killed, murdered, I should say, a place called Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. Another traffic stop, African-American, this time for uh, the horrible offense of having an air freshener hanging from his rearview mirror. Pulled over. Uh, Guy panics. Maybe he had a warrant. I don't know. That's what they're saying. Struggles with the cops. Gets into the car to flee. And a cop shoots him. And we're told that this cop thought that he or she, because there's been conflicting reports as I'm recording this on Monday night. I don't know if it's a female officer or a male officer. Let's just say they um, thought they were reaching for their taser. Now, I, I've I've had it. This is kind. This is the kind of thing that should get it should get you all very worked up. Okay, it gets me kind of worked up. Um. Why we need to use force in a situation like that. They have the license plate. They knew he had a warrant because they ran the license plate. They, uh, you know, could have let this guy go. I mean, if you if you knew how to use a taser, sure, I, I guess non-lethal force. But how could you not tell the difference between a, a taser, which weighs, you know, a couple ounces... And a gun, which weighs a couple of pounds. Especially when you're a seasoned officer. We were told that this is an officer who'd been on the job for many years. We have to have a conversation in this country about use of force with police. And I get it. Um, it's a tough job. And, and I have a lot of respect for police officers. I do. I'm not 
here to say that all cops are bad. I'm not for ending police forces in America. I'm for reforming them. I'm for their job to protect and serve to be their utmost priority. We are what our priorities are, right? When did the the priority of police forces in this country go from protect and serve to protect yourself at all costs? There's this whole thing. I'm I'm watching this... um, the, the the trial of of of, of Chauvin, the murderer of, of George Floyd, and I don't care what the what the verdict comes out to. He's a murderer in my book. He put his knee on this guy's neck and he died. He's a murderer. And and again, I I'm not one of those people who are going to criticize lawyers for doing their job. That's their it is the job of his lawyers to try to get this guy off. That is, I mean, that's the essence of our legal system. It's an adversarial process, and hope you hope that through this adversarial process you get to the truth. But hearing this defense about how the officer might have been afraid of the crowd, a couple of people with cell phones taking pictures, recording video, or how he might have been afraid of Derek Chauvin, sorry, of, of George Floyd. I, I, look, I get it. Being a police officer has some risk. You knew that when you took the job. You knew about these risks. Just as people who climb up skyscrapers and wash windows know about the risks. You take precautions to try to minimize those risks by following procedures and guidelines, but your every fear cannot justify the killing of another human being. I'm sorry. When did we get to this point? How is that now the dominant training in American police forces? That's got to change. We've got to figure out a way to, uh, to make sure that police officers understand threats, real threats, and not any threat. Could George Floyd have been a threat? Maybe. Was he going to murder Chauvin? Absolutely not. Didn't look like any threat to me, if you ask me. Guy was sitting in the in the car at one point, handcuffed. Didn't seem like any threat to me. So why this guy felt he needed to put his knee on this guy's neck? Why that cop felt that they needed to reach for their taser at all and then instead re- reached for a gun? And by the way, they keep them on different sides of their body. So these people are supposed to be trained in how to operate this stuff. You know, that's an indictment of that entire police force. I mean, there is a lot of responsibility being a cop. You get a lot of power. And, you know, to quote Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. But all I ever hear is from the police when there's an incident like this. Well, the the cop felt threatened. That should excuse everything. That should excuse everything. He felt threatened. Well, you can't put yourself in his state of mind. It's a very difficult job. I know it's a difficult job. A lot of people have difficult jobs. A lot of people have difficult jobs. A lot of people have jobs that have some risk to their physical well-being in this country. Only one of those jobs do you get to kill another person and say that you felt you had a risk here. And get away with it in many cases.
And that shouldn't happen in America. It shouldn't happen anywhere in the world. But it sure as hell shouldn't happen here. Where you are innocent in this country until proven guilty. So guys get in his car trying to run away and you shoot him to death. Maybe it was an accident. Maybe it wasn't. Doesn't seem like an accident to me. Seems like the accident's the cover story now. This is a seasoned officer, been on the force a long time is what we're hearing. Didn't know the difference between their right hand and their left hand. Didn't mean to kill him. Just killed him. Sorry. Yeah, tell that to his child, his mother, his family. Meanwhile, as I'm recording this, there's uh, reports of another mass shooting in another high school in this time in Tennessee. And what are we going to hear? Has the NRA put out their statement yet saying it's too t- too early to talk about this? We're in bankruptcy proceedings and we don't have time to deal with the these attacks. Has uh, Mitch McConnell issued a statement of thoughts and prayers yet? Are the thoughts and prayers police, uh, thought, thought, thoughts and prayer patrol out? Are they out there doing their thoughts and prayers? Man, it is it is just it's just sickening to think of. And I, I'm sorry if I'm a downer here. I, I have an excellent interview coming up. Um and it's very different than my normal interviews. I have uh actor and comedian Lou Jimenez, who is a friend of mine who I used to do improv comedy with. I teased this a couple of weeks ago. Lou is all about UFOs. He uh has this thing coming up called the big phone home in a couple of weeks. Uh, and he asked me to come on the radio show. So I brought him on the radio show. I'm going to you know, do this here. We talk a little politics in addition to it. I Look, I'm going to change gears here because this is this is a very tough topic. Um, I don't believe that we have been visited by UFOs. Now, if somebody could prove me otherwise, I, I would love I would love it. I don't think we've been 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 visited by them. We surely haven't been visited by, you know, UFOs occupied by any living creature, I would think. Lou makes a strong case that maybe we were. And that maybe the government should be more forthcoming with this information. And they're supposed to release a tranche of information in June. And everybody's going to be disappointed when they do that. Because it's not like they're going to say, oh, yeah, this was, you know, this was a UFO. I mean, this was a a being from another planet. I think a lot of these UFO sightings, or they call them... uh, uh, UAIs now, um, UA, UAOs, UAIs, UA, I don't know. We talk about it in the interview, so keep listening for that. But, uh, I think they can mostly be explained through science, right? Whether it's light refracting or right, light reflecting, or maybe it was a drone or maybe it was a star, or maybe it was just the angle of the camera. There's all sorts of reasons why, uh, we get these things, and maybe there are one or two that we can't explain with what we know right now. But I, I find it hard to believe that we've been visited from another foreign intel- an intelligence from another galaxy. Now, I, that doesn't mean I don't believe there is intelligent life in the universe. I do, I do believe there is. Uh, it, it seems like it would be a, an incredible waste of space. Uh, we all know about the Drake equation. Uh, which suggests there could be hundreds of millions of civilizations, not just life, civilizations in the galaxy. We also know that there are more galaxies than there are grains of sand 
on all the beaches in the world. So there's a lot of opportunity for life and civilizations to have developed. And do I think that there could be advanced, more advanced civilizations out there? Man, I hope so. I mean, I hope that in these advanced civilizations, their law enforcement aren't like pulling guns out when they think they're pulling out tasers. Sorry. <laughs> it just, I hope there's more advanced intelligence, but that doesn't mean they're going to be able to change physics. We don't really have physics that will allow you to cross the gulf of space in one human lifetime anyway. We just don't have that right now. Now, maybe maybe some other civilization has discovered that. But I think if they were smart enough to discover that, they would land here and um, conquer us pretty quickly. <laughs> um, and it, it would be pretty bad. It'd be pretty bad. I, I don't think it would be good. I think it would be, be more like Independence Day uh, without Will Smith. So we would lose. Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith would be killed in the opening invasion, and that would be the end uh, of the planet Earth. That's just my belief. If there was an advanced civilization, or they would come here, you know, with good intentions and they would wipe us out anyway, or they'd come here with bad intentions and what? I mean, I don't know. Every time a less advanced civilization has encountered a more advanced civilization, the less advanced civilization has been mostly wiped out. That is a fact, at least in human history. Look no further than the Native Americans and the Europeans. The Europeans had guns. The Native Americans didn't have guns. You see how it ended. Um, not good. So, um, you know alien intelligence coming from another galaxy that can span the gulf of, of space probably has really advanced weaponry as well. So unless they are the most enlightened people, unless we meet Spock and the Vulcans, which I don't expect we will, uh, you know, I'd be very concerned if, if these things were real. So that's why I really don't think they're real. But Lou does, and Lou's a good guy. And, and I'll tell you what, his podcast and his YouTube show which we plug a lot in this interview, are incredibly entertaining because Lou is an entertaining guy. We knew each other, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but we knew each other from improv. Uh, my improv troupe, which I talk about here a lot, uh, Lou was part of that troupe before he moved out to California and he's been in a multitude of movies and television shows and commercials. He's done a lot of things. Uh, he's been a real working actor out in LA. So uh, good guy, smart guy, funny guy. His politics is all over the map. He's kind of libertarian, but he's also kind of liberal. But then on other things, he's conservative. He's not happy with Biden because he doesn't think Biden's been liberal enough. <laughs> so it's a, I don't know that he's fully versed on what was in that COVID relief package and what is in this infrastructure bill, but uh, pretty liberal to me. So, so take a listen to my interview with Louis Menez, and then I'll be back to wrap up the show. Joining me now good friend of mine who I haven't seen in a while since he moved to California and became a big star. Lou Jimenez is an actor and an activist. He has his own podcast. What's that podcast called, Lou? It's called the Unidentified Celebrity Review, Christopher. There you go. The Unidentified Celebrity Review. And a couple of weeks ago, he made a special edition just for me to get my attention. And he surely did because uh, here he is on the Chris Hahn Show. Uh, Lou, how you doing, my man? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. Just out here in California, living that huge celebrity life dream. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you've had a lot of success. I mean, Lou and I 
For those of you, Lou has been on this show before, but for those of you who are new to the Chris Hodge show, Lou and I were in an improv troupe on Long Island together where Lou, I, you know, you're one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. I mean, you're just utterly hilarious and everything. I used to love just going to rehearsal and just watching you work, uh, let alone doing live shows. Uh, just a funny, funny guy. And you've had some success out there in LA. You've been in movies, you've been on commercials, you've done TV shows, uh, you've, you're constantly working. But over the last couple of years, you have been co- become very interested in the phenomena of unidentified flying objects, UFOs, or what are they calling them now? They're calling them UAPs. Unidentified aerial aerial phenomena. Aerial phenomenal. Uh, so it's very it's it's which I guess is a way of saying it might not necessarily be flying, right? It could be a refraction. It could be it could be a lot of other things besides something that's flying through the air, which is why they probably made that change. And you've got an event coming up called the Big Phone Home, which is coming up at the end of April. I think it was April twenty fourth, if I'm correct. Yes, you are. And, it's and Saturday, April twenty fourth. And what is that all about, Lou? Okay, so. Here's the deal, and I know I don't have a lot of time, so I'm going to try and just crash course this for everyone as I can. Yes. If you've ever had an interest in UFOs, now referred to in within the government as UAPs, this event is for you, okay? Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but since 2017, there has been a lot of movement in this topic, not from a you know a blogger standpoint or some schmuck on YouTube like me. This is like at the, our government level. The Senate Intelligence Committee is talking about this. The DOD is talking about this. The Navy uh, Office uh, of Intelligence is talking about this. Uh, there is, you know, the former head of the CIA, John Brennan, mentioned it a few weeks ago or a month ago. Um, Marco Rubio has spoken about it twice. I sent you both of those. Yep, quotes. yep. Basically, there's a lot of um, a lot of things happening, and what the big phone home is essentially is I'm inviting all of, you know, YouTubers, podcasters, folks like you, uh, newscasters, um, uh, senators, congressmen, and we're going to be calling Congress and the Senate, especially one of six committees. And the six committees that we're focusing on are the Judiciary, the House Intelligence Committee, the Oversight and Reform, Homeland Security, Appropriations, Space Science and Tech Committees, and the Armed Services Committee. Right. All six of these committees have very either direct knowledge or indirect knowledge in some way about this topic. And the whole point of April 24th, 2021, the big phone home, is to call, encourage citizens, and all of the people that we're going to have our show. And the idea is to get, you know, other podcasters and things so they can encourage their fans. And we're going to be doing a live stream. And you want them to YouTube do, you want fans. them to call their Congress yep. members and say, call Hey, Congressman, yep. Release the information. information. Right. So we want more transparency. We want more data. We want more facts when it comes to this topic, because the problem is right now is that we, we've got some pretty interesting videos, but there's no data to back these videos. And we we have very interesting, you know, confessions from F-18 pilots that have chased these things and have recorded them on video. Um, the, this is not about trying to figure out what it is, right? Because the truth is nobody has a clue, not our defense departments, not our president, not our elected officials. And nobody well, somebody might have a clue. Podcast. I mean, like I, nobody, I don't, I think they have a good hypothesis, but I don't think they have the, well, answer. well, the ones that they can explain, 
right? Sometimes scientists look at video and say, okay, that's a reflection of Correct. X, Y, and Z, and they can figure that out. Now, look, I, you, you and I, you and I have talked about this off the air. I am not one of those yeah. guys who believes that we have been visited by superior intelligence. And quite frankly, had we been visited by superior intelligence, I'd be interviewing that superior intelligence right now about this topic probably more than you. Uh, not that I don't love you, but it. Well, but I, gotta I say, but I I'm a big. Before you go on, I got to say it's a naive way to think, Chris, because. Because think about what we do when we explore other planets or celestial bodies. We send drones. We send satellites. We send things that don't have humans in them to go study those things and learn about them. True. So who's to say that that's not happening here, that there's some sort of surveillance? Here's the the whole point. The word phenomena covers all. All of those things. Right, right. And again, I don't I don't want to get stuck in the mud of trying to figure out what this is or what it could be. And we're not talking about reflections. We're not talking about misidentifications or confusion with other planes. We're talking about point zero zero two percent of everything that's out there. If point zero zero two percent is accurate and true. That's a lot. Right. Well, you know, look, I'm a big believer in this. I think that the government classifies way too much stuff. Right. And if there's a group of people out there that are pushing for declassification of anything, I'm usually with them. Right. Because I just think that, you know, I have seen instances where people have marked things classified that are like happy birthday. And I'm not even joking. And that, right. and that, and that, this is enough of this. You know, we own this government. This is a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. They work for us. Right. And, you know, I get it. You don't want to be publishing, you know, when ships are sailing, when sorties are happening over foreign countries. But there are a lot of things that, after the fact, need to be revealed to the American people. And yeah. I think that this falls into that category. If there are, uh, instances that don't necessarily pose a immediate threat to exposing national secrets and the government has this information, they should be giving that information to the American people. Well, the, thing, the exact words from Marco Rubio, who is the minority leader on the Senate Intelligence Committee, the ranking member, is ranking member, which we have he, his quote. There are things flying over our military bases in some cases, nuclear military bases, and we don't know what they are. That's a problem. Right. Like that's a big national security issue because, like you said, we own and we pay for this government. We give this government billions of dollars every year to make sure that our skies and our seas are safe from foreign and, and domestic terrorism or, or danger. And Right now, I mean, just last week, there was a report uh, uh, issued about the USS Kidd and how there were multiple drones, quote, drones flying right above the landing pads on this ship. Now, think about this. This is a naval fleet. Okay, so you're talking about submarines, radar ships, aircraft carrier group. Yep. At the very least, a group of ships. Okay, so it's safe to say that. That airspace in the space beneath those ships is some of the most secured airspace on the planet. Right. And they are having incursions with drones that they cannot explain. Now, there's no pictures, but there's got to be pictures. There's got uh, to be I, I would, I would find it hard to believe that 
I would find it hard to believe that a naval ship had been surrounded by drones and didn't take a picture of it. Now, whether or not those right. drones are extraterrestrial or they are Russian or Chinese That's or somebody else. That's a whole else. other story. Right. But let's say, let's say if, let's just say they are Chinese, okay? This happened off the coast of California near Catalina Island. Yeah. What Chinese drones that hover, by the way, not moving like a jet, that hover over military, a military sensitive airspace like that. And where's that drone going to land? Where's it? Like, you have to have a launching point for a drone that can hover. Well, yeah, absolutely. Unless, unless there's a Chinese aircraft carrier, you know, I don't know the distance of these drones. I would imagine maybe 100 miles at most. Right. You no, know, 200 miles, 300 miles. I'll give you 1,000. If there is an aircraft carrier 1,000 miles off our shore launching drones, what the hell's going on? Well, that's something we that, well, that's the question we have there. All right, Lou, talking about government basically not releasing things it should be releasing, not giving the people all of the information. And, um, you know, I, I think that's the big, you know, that's where we agree, right? Um, yeah. and, and again, I, I, I know how you feel about it and you know how I feel about it. I just think that, I don't know, I, I feel like it would be more of a readily available knowledge to us if there was something of that um, intelligence in our midst, right? Well, I, look, let's put let's put it. This I, way. I get what you're saying about like surveillance. Yeah. I get that, but no, no, I, no, you know what? What I was going to say was here's here the most basic logical explanation to what everyone is seeing is that this is highly advanced military tech, right? But the issue is is that. Yeah, they, that means that they're testing this military tech unbeknownst to their own military, which is usually a no-no. <laughs> when they fly these things, they usually do it at like an Area 51 in the middle of the night on a Wednesday when nobody's out there. Right. You know, it's 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 they don't. You know, that's the, let's just say that's the most logical explanation, right? Well, it could be our military tech, frankly. I mean, that's part Without of the other. That's that's one of the other things, With, right? Yeah, without a doubt. But here's the thing is that if it is military tech, why are senators talking about it? Why are uh, congressmen talking about it? Why are former, you know, House uh, majority leaders, Harry Reid, talking about it? Why are people coming out of our own government pilots? Well, this is the thing. This, this is the thing. So there's supposed to be a big release, a big dump of in material at Correct. the end of June. Yeah. It was in part of the budget that passed in December, the continuing resolution that passed in December before they actually did reconciliation on that budget uh, a couple of weeks ago. But they had to do a continuing resolution. It was a must pass bill. Somebody stuck this provision in it that would allow all of this material that that you and, and others who are interested in this topic have been asking uh, the government to release for years, not just not just recently, for maybe decades even. Well, okay, let's be let's. I got to stop you because that's not true. Okay, this is this report from what it's not going to have everything that we're looking for. Okay, this is going to be the the Department of Defense is being very very careful on the information that they release on this. The reason why we're doing the big phone home is because we are asking for that information that they're not putting into the report. Well, how do you know what information they're not putting into the report before you read the report? uh, Because senators have talked about what's in this report and, and the people that have had eyes on this report and that are working closely to with the senators and congressmen to look at this report. Here's the thing. This report 
is a conglomeration of about 15 different departments. Right. And you and I both know that. Well, I, I, it's going to be a disappoint. Well, it's going to be a disappoint. It's, it's going to be a disappointing report to people who want us who want answers. Right? The government right. doesn't put out reports so, like that give answers. That's part of the problem. Exactly, and that's why we are asking. One of the things we are asking for is an additional 180 day extension. And in the meantime, we want to preliminary report. Mm. So that way it sort of feeds the appetite a little bit of people who were waiting for this report. By the way, this report is supposed to be either on June 25th or before. So this information could come anytime they want to do it. But the word on the street is that they're not really, it's, it's almost as if our intelligence committees are treating this report as if it's a book report where you you read the the cliff notes right. you wrote the report the night before and you just shoved it in hoping for a passing grade by the way having worked in government for 10 years of my life that's how most reports are written so exactly so that's why we're trying to activate people who really have an interest in this or even a passing interest we have on our website we not only have every single ranking and uh, sub ranking committee official member we have their telephone numbers we have their email addresses. We have their office phone numbers for every single office they have and Great. We have their Twitter accounts. So if you want to get in contact with them, you can do that. And we also have a script of things that we are asking for. It's so a, when you it's, call, a, it's a highly, one of the reasons why I, I wanted to have you on, not, not just because I love you because you're a great guy, but you are highly organized in this. I've seen a lot of efforts in my years in government of people trying to get this kind of information released. I haven't seen them organized in the way you have organized. Now, I wouldn't have done it on a Saturday because nobody's in their office yeah. on Saturday. But well, I, I'll explain to you why we did that, though. Okay, go ahead, please. Because the reason why we did that, and originally we were going to do it on a Monday, because I agree with you, it's more effective. But right. the problem is, is that this is not an issue that people should be angry about. Like, this is not Black Lives Matter. This is not any one of these social boob like gun gun control. Right. This is not something where someone had lost a parent because of something, you know? This is just something you want to know. Exactly. And if, let's say, we're calling Congress and flooding these calling boards with, hey, can you please, we'd love the more transparency on UAP information, and something crazy happens where people are actually trying to call with legitimate anger, I don't want this movement to be the retardation of people trying to actually do something with you know, with their voices when they're angry. Well, so that's why we're doing it on a Saturday to avoid any sort of, you know, social movement. Well, I, I just want to be weary. Of well, that. that is very you responsible know, of you. Lou. Yeah. You know, By the way, I knew Lou, I knew Lou when he wasn't so responsible, but yeah. <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> no, we can't. We can't. We'll talk about it in the next segment when we talk about <laughs> politics generally. <laughs> but that's very responsible. I was thinking about it. Like, why are you doing this on a Saturday? Yeah. Lobby day is that's Tuesday. Why. Also, also people are not working on a Saturday. You know, most people are available to do this on the weekend. So if they want to take, you know, 10 or 15 minutes, I recommend about an hour to get familiar with our list, get get familiar with who you're going to call and, and pay attention to my Twitter account. Follow me on Twitter. Follow my YouTube channel. Yep. We're going to be showing people how to do this. And by the way, and even the if you don't like thing, you, even if you don't, you're not into this UAP thing or UFO or whatever they're calling it now, Lou's podcast, which is a video podcast, is incredibly entertaining. Lou is an, enter- <laughs> Lou is an entertainer. Okay, now this he, he feels passionately about this. I'm not saying that you're you're acting here, 
But right. the fact that you are a comedic actor really helps yeah. your cause because, it, you know, you sent me this clip and Joe's like, I don't know, Chris, I know you don't watch things more than two minutes. It was like 15 minutes long. I watched the whole thing because it was yeah. hilarious and it was good and it was incredibly well put together. I was like, wow, man, this guy should be editing for like, you know, for MSNBC or something. I mean, it was really good. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that, man. I mean, I put a lot of hard work into it. And that was, you know, one of the reasons, look, originally I wanted to do a political channel, but it's so damn divisive and yeah. I just want to make enemies. Yeah. But so this, this gives me a way to, to kind of stay political, but without saying he said, she said left, right. This is more about, Hey, could we come together on this common ground? If so, let's try and make some changes about it. And what I was also going to say is that this event you don't have to do it just for UAP activism. You can apply this to any activism you want. Right. You could use this list. You can use this website to ask for anything. You know, this is a sort of like a, 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 a holding of the hand of the average American citizen and saying, come with me. This is how you act. Well, it's, it's this is how you, you it, talk to your representative. It's fantastic, and I, I really applaud the work you're doing on it. And, and look, I hope you get some answers. I want to know what's in these reports, too. I mean, look, I mean, yeah. I could be convinced if somebody shows me something. Let's talk a, a little basic politics because, you know, your politics is ever evolving, which is great. Uh, I used to know you as a libertarian. You say now that you're kind of a kind of like a progressive libertarian, maybe even a dash of conservatism in different Mm -hmm. places, but you're definitely very uh, insightful and you always have good ideas on it. So what do you make of like the the early days of the Biden administration? Uh, Very lackluster, you know, Um, from, from a person who doesn't have any healthcare, I can't stand it. (laughs) I can't stand it. There's no real conversations happening from a progressive standpoint. We're not talking about Medicare for all where, you know, there's still kids on the border in cages. Uh, Yeah. I don't like that either. You know, uh, there's, 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 I mean, man, I I could go on for hours. Why don't you have healthcare? You live in California. Um, because it's, well, at least when I was working, it's very cute what they do. You make just enough money. Well, first of all, to get health, to qualify for absolute Medicare, you have to be like making less than, I think, right. $12,000 a year. It's right. abysmal. And then if you want to qualify for, you know, say Obamacare or whatever, you, you have to, you have to, if you make more than, I think it's 30 something thousand dollars a year, the health care is too expensive. It's like a $350, $380 monthly bill just for me. Hmm. And I live in the most expensive city, maybe in the United States. Now, of course, some people say, well, why don't you just move? Well, I can't, I'm an actor. Like I have right. to be here, right, right. you know, like, and, and, um, it's just, it's, it's always just too expensive, man. It's, and, yeah. and even if I did pay for that, the coverage and the deductibles are insane. Well, the, you know, like, the American rescue plan, us, the American rescue plan had a lot of provisions in there for healthcare, including, I don't know if you're eligible for Cobra still for many of the jobs you've had, but it will cover a hundred percent of it right now. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I'm eligible now because I've been unemployed for, you know, at least, you know, I was working at restaurants for over a year. Wow. You know, so it's it's like California is just now getting back into opening restaurants. You know, I had I had gotten a job in November and then California reclosed everything. Yeah. And then they didn't open back up. Again. I don't I think California like, handled this crisis well at all. Frankly, nobody did. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, but of, of all the states, any state that handled it. Well, well, but but for all the states 
that had some, I mean, I just, just looking at the horror stories in California to me, I mean, New York, New York had it really bad at the same time. California did probably worse. And New York kind of like opened up quicker and it also gave options to restaurants and other businesses to keep open during even the worst part of it, where I feel like California, even when things weren't that bad, were shutting everything down. It just appeared to me. No, they shut everything down. It, they, it and what's here's the kicker, right? Is the like parking? You have to move I, where I live. I've got to move my my car uh, Mondays and Tuesdays from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. I got to find a place to put my car. And during the pandemic, they had lifted the restrictions. And, and here we are, we were, I think this was two or three months ago, we were still at like a level red or code red and they started charging all of these people to park again. (laughs) So now, you know, but the restaurants are closed, everything's closed and nobody can go out and they're making you move your car without a mask and they're making you move your car to where everybody's home. Right. Like it's just, it's, oh dude, this state, this state. Yeah. Kills me. Especially yeah. when I go back to like my conservative hometown of Florida and they're like, dude, what are you talking about? Your state's a mess. Like, look at San Francisco. <laughs> like every single law that you, every progressive quote unquote progressive law that you could pass is in San Francisco. And that place is a dystopia. Like there's. Well, I, I mean, look, I went it, to San Francisco it, it, like two, I went to San Francisco two years ago. I didn't think it was dystopia at all. I, I love well, San dude, Francisco. It's, the, it's per capita, the richest maybe, you know, I don't know how many square miles San Francisco is, but that, that Bay area is the richest part maybe on the planet next to Dubai. I stayed at the top of the hill in San Francisco and every day I would walk down the hill and run in a different direction. I saw the entire city on foot because you can't really run down those hills. They're too steep. Um, (laughs) they are, they're too steep running, 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 running up them, (laughs) running up them is actually better for you, but running down them, you're going to hurt yourself. It was just like, it was like running down a mountain, (laughs) you know? So I would, I would walk down the hill and I would get to the bottom of the hill. I run in a different direction. And and after I finished running, I'd hop on one of the trolley cars and come back. I didn't even realize you had to pay for the trolley car until the last day I was there. (laughs) The first time somebody asked me for a tow ticket. What'd you say? <laughs> I've never been on the trolley in San Francisco. It was very interesting. It was very interesting. It was it was, it was fun. But it, it is it is amazing to me, though, you know, how bad it appears to have been in California. But it looks like we're coming out of it now. Uh, at least. Yeah. At I least- mean, the, the issue is, is that we've lost one third of small businesses that are never coming back. Yeah. You know, this is going to have a big impact on our, on our economy come next budget. <laughs> yeah. We just don't, we don't know. We don't know yet because we don't know what the implications of all these businesses that have just straight up done. They're never coming back. Not to mention the mass exodus of people that are just leaving California. Like my, my girlfriend and I are talking about buying a house that we're just like, we can't do it here. Well, I would like, think that there's going to be opportunity in housing in big in big cities in the next couple. You of would years. think, you would think, but I mean, not at the prices they're offering. Like, I want a lawn, Chris. I want, I want a garage. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah. I want, like, I want, I want some space, dude. And it just doesn't exist. You shouldn't have left and, Long and, Island, and, and man. 
yeah, yeah. Well, the the idea is maybe Georgia, because Georgia's got a huge film studio and, and film uh, production uh, assets out there that are really growing, and you can get a house, a really like we could pay off our house by selling her condo. Wow. <laughs> like, yeah, Georgia. I, I hear that about Georgia. People go down there and they buy mansions for like two hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars. It's like insane. Yeah, it's beautiful. Meanwhile, that's our taxes in on Long Island. So okay, Lou, I'm, I'm running out of time with you. I want to give you some time to plug things on Twitter. You are at Big Easy Lou on Twitter, right? No, no. On Twitter, I'm at Lou Angeles. Lou Angeles on Angeles. Yeah, L U Angeles. Got it. Okay. And, and what's your Instagram? Uh, my Instagram is Lou Angeles One. Got it. Lou Angeles. Lou Angeles yeah. One. If you go to both, either if you go to either Twitter or Instagram, I'm not sure if it's on Instagram. I'll check it right now. But it will be when you when you hear this. Um, I've got a link tree which has got every single link to everything that I'm doing. The Big Phone Home, my YouTube channel, my podcast, my website, thebigphonehome.com, all of it. You so, you gotta check there. out. You got to check out his uh, YouTube channel because those videos. Unidentified celebrity. It's a long name. The unidentified celebrity review. You because I I'm it, an unidentified celebrity. They are, and you are a celebrity. You've been in like big things with big people, <laughs> and like people don't even know who you are. I know who you are. I watch all your stuff. Live celebrity. I watch all your stuff, man. As soon as that movie came on on HBO, I was downloading, and I tried to get everybody to watch it with me. Lou, you're the best. Thanks for joining me. I'll be right back. All right, I hope that wasn't too crazy for you. Definitely different than what we're used to here on the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. But I guess a nice change of pace from my uh, opening monologue, which, you know, look, I, I, I'm very serious about it. I, I, I'm sure you're all as disturbed as I am with uh, how things have played out. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to continue on that now. I just want to wrap up the show by talking about how the media is just so upset that Biden has everything calm. The media is like, why is this guy not firing his cabinet members via, via tweet like the other guy did? Why hasn't he started a war? <laughs> it's just, you know, I mean, uh, by tweet, why, why isn't he blabbing, blabbering about policy thoughts without discussing it with his cabinet and his team? We have a president right now who is behaving not only like a normal president, but like a normal human being. And we should all be happy with that. Obviously, the media is not. Politico did a story today or, or over the weekend that you know Senator Cornyn picked up. It was like, who's in charge over there? We don't hear from Biden every 30 seconds like we did from the former guy. We want to hear from him every 30 seconds. Wow, 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 wow. Look, here's the thing. The former guy was ridiculous. If we're lucky, we'll never have another president ever that behaves that way. If we're lucky, we'll never have anybody who has great authority or power in this country that behaves that way. The media is just whiny little babies that want want it both ways. They couldn't stand Trump, but they loved Trump, right? Trump was good for business. Good for me. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm not whining that he's gone. Trust me, I'm not. But it was good for me. Made my career. But now the media's got nothing to write about. So they're writing about his dogs. They're writing about nonsense. I mean, literally when the president gives a press conference and they ask a question about his dog being euthanized at the press conference. 
the press conference they whined about for weeks. How come you're not doing a press conference? You've been president for 30 days in the middle of the worst crisis, I, I think worse than the Great Depression, frankly, the worst crisis in the history of this country. Uh, why aren't you Why aren't you having a press conference every day? Meanwhile, the, he, he has a perfectly great press secretary in Jen Psaki who is doing a fantastic job. She's not going out there and lying every single day to the press. So the press should be happy. They are getting all the information they want. Yes, Joe Biden's not sitting down for one-on-one interviews, you know, with George Stephanopoulos uh, every two days. Um, You know, and I get it. Donald Trump was very accessible. He did those press conferences where he pretended to not hear people when he was outside by the plane. And then he would lie for 30 minutes. Okay, this guy, when he does a press conference, doesn't lie to the press. So if we subtract... All the press conferences that Joe, uh, that Donald Trump gave, by the number of times he lied, completely lied about major things to the American media and the American people at those press conferences. If we subtract those, Joe Biden's actually done one more press conference than Donald Trump has ever done. He's done more interviews than Donald Trump has ever done in the entirety of his presidency because those interviews that Donald Trump gave were not real interviews. They were performance art by one of the great liars and grifters in American history, okay? They were not real media avails. So the media whining and complaining about Joe Biden and about uh, about him not being available to the press and not doing interviews is wah, 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 wah. Oh, the other guy was, a, the former guy was available. The former guy was available. He never told the truth. And yes, he would say crazy things and it would go viral and you'd get a lot of likes and a lot of clicks and a lot of viewers on your shows, but it was never good for America and he was never telling you the truth ever. So stop with the complaining, Politico. I still read you. I'm not going to give you up. I can't quit you. Okay. I'm still going to do it, but it's nonsense. Those kind of stories drive me insane. I got to thank you all again, as I always do for listening to this show. We had a great quarter. Um, I, I just, you know, got the final numbers and uh, great. I mean, I can't even tell you how great they were. They were fantastic. And that's because you keep telling your friends about this podcast and you keep listening to it. And I hope my 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 show doesn't bum you out, but I'm just telling you the truth as I see it because that's what I do. Uh, these topics come and we see them and we react to them. And I try to give you my 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 truth when I'm talking about them. So I really do appreciate everything you've done for me. Keep on telling friends about this podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Christopher Hahn. And I want to remind you now, as I always do, to seek the truth. Question everything and everyone, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there, and I know you'll find it if you look for it. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening to the Aggressive Progressive Podcast.